It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We give voice to those who challenge a prevailing sentiment in global financial markets. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Guests were not compensated for their appearance, nor do they supply payment in order to appear. Individuals on this podcast may hold positions in the securities that are discussed. Listeners are urged to educate themselves and make their own decisions. This podcast episode may have ads and the occasional announcement. To listen without ads or announcements and take advantage of a host of other benefits, consider becoming a premium subscriber. Prices start at $9 per month. Visit the website contrarian.supercast.tech. That's T-E-C-H for more information. Now, here's your host, Mr. Nathaniel E. Baker. The Contrarian Investor Podcast wants to find the best and give them a voice. To help in our search, we use Covey to find and track the best contrarians. Our guests' stock picks are available in real time on the website covey.io slash contrarian. Now, these portfolios are available for anyone to view, track, and share. And on top of that, we encourage our listeners to join our community by building virtual portfolios of stocks and ETFs to compete and rise to the top. At the end of the year, we'll interview the top performing analyst on Covey, right here on the Contrarian Investor Podcast. That means you or any great contrarians you know can rise to the top based on merit and get a voice. Again, the website, covey.io slash contrarian. Mark Samirsky joining us from Denmark, you are on the podcast because our partner site, Covey.io, and you placed at the very top of the returns for participants on that website with 380% returns in your portfolio over the past year. Past performance is not a guide to future results, as we all know, but I'm very curious to how you achieved this return over the past year. And then I'm also curious to find out about how you are positioning your portfolio going forward. I just noticed that it is right now 100% in cash. That could be due to some issue, but you're nodding your head, so it appears to be correct. So, but let's start off with telling us how you did this returns over the last year, what kind of trades and positions you had on. Okay. So just to first uh, start upon this question, I joined Covey a little bit earlier. So I had some time to test this uh, uh, website and how it works. So I played around with the leverages and what kind of uh, uh, financial assets are available on Covey. And I have um, a method uh, which is uh, kind of uh, to short uh, altcoins 
which uh, start to increase in price compared to Bitcoin and S&P 500. Meaning that I'm following the correlation uh, between uh, these three assets, meaning that S&P 500, uh, Bitcoin and altcoins. Moreover, I'm following the financial uh, assets which are related to macroeconomics macroeconomical performance, like how does it look like? For example, gold or DXY and VIX, of course, as well to, to look up on the volatility. Because according to my thesis, like my macro thesis is that uh, around two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were in a zone that uh, it was not certain that we will have a soft landing or uh, we will have a recession after all. But in my opinion, if you look at now the leading indicators and the yield curve, there are uh, parameters which shows 100% probability that we will have a recession after uh, uh, 18 months, 12 months or something like this. So knowing that uh, I have always a short-term play and a long-term play, and I always try to position it on the, uh, the long-term, meaning that even though short-term I'm not right, and long term, I will be right eventually. Uh, let's hope so. So that's how I speculate. Interesting. How okay. I, I, you, you introduced a bunch of stuff there. So I just wanted to cut you off because there's a bunch of stuff right there yeah. for us to talk about. Before you go any further, though, I want to ask you about, you say the correlation between Bitcoin, altcoins, and the S&P. Yes. Okay. These are, they don't all move together? Certainly uh, Bitcoin and altcoins, I would suspect, would move together. And I just thought that, that Bitcoin was basically a risk gauge in general, which meant it would kind of move with the S&P. But you're yes. saying that's different. Yeah, I mean, there is a high correlation uh, right. usually. But however, there are those uh, events when, for example, Bitcoin goes up and uh, S&P 500 goes down and the altcoins are going up. VIX, it's uh, going down and uh, DXY is going up. Like these are really rare cases. And uh, I think it happened already once or twice. And these open up opportunities, meaning that something is off with market pricing in the short term. And there are other, other events which are playing as well. For example, uh, there was now uh, some called like ZK rollups narratives. So it, it says that, to, to be honest, I have no idea what this ZK rollups means in technicalities, but basically, uh, according to my observation, like it's like another layer on a, on, a, on a cryptocurrency and it's going to make it much more efficient and blah, 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 blah. But to be honest, to me, it doesn't matter because to me, it seems that the macroeconomic indicator shows uh, recession, and even though these uh, altcoins go up like 200, 300 percentage, it's not sustainable. It's right. not possible that it's sustainable. So it sounds like you bet on the mean reversion almost, like you have a correlate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 quite a complex uh, play and uh, you have to really pay attention for the, the riskiness as well, because I had, uh, before you invited me to this podcast, actually, I made a mistake because I was too aggressive and I was not uh, facing into this trade uh, bit by bit. I was pretty aggressive, so I put like 100% of my portfolio on a trade and I lost like 20% in like three hours. 
Yeah. So there, I'm that, sure you're the really you're recent. the first person, the first trader in history to ever be aggressive in his trades. Too aggressive. <laughs> but yeah, but that all oh, that that is a pretty big bet there. Okay, so so you had this Bitcoin short on last year. It was short versus the S and P, and you put that on before the whole FTX breakdown and everything else. Yeah, uh, to be honest. I think I was shorting generally uh, cryptocurrency because this this FTX uh, uh, moment or event. How should I uh, elaborate? It, it 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 was actually a black zone event because it 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 almost came like uh, nowhere because no one really expected it that it can happen. Uh, I'm sure there were people who were already started the investigation and they realized something that something is off with them. How did they make that lot of money? So so something was not all right with them. So they came from nothing really fast and they made like they created the, their algorithm, their backend, their their UI, and everything went surprisingly well until they had liquidity problems and until we realized that they were actually uh making uh their valuation uh, higher and higher um, mm. using their uh, coin. So, right. so something there was off as well. Me personally, I didn't really look into that. But when when you start to raise interest rates and when you start to tighten up, then there should be some consequences. Like everybody right. needs liquidity. So, mm. yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. So at what point last year did you go short Bitcoin? Do you remember? I think it topped around sixty-four thousand, right, or something. Was that like last that. year or the year before? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not uh, certain, but not uh, either, it, 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 it had a double top. I remember. Right. Okay. And uh, the first uh, top, I was short back then. However, I didn't realize that it's going to uh, do a double top. So uh, there, I've, I actually, I lost some money. Like uh, personal money, <laughs> not initially. Yes. yes, but then it, it it reversed in your favor. Yes, but Looking yeah, up here that, to see. yeah. I mean, at that time, at that time, I was not uh, on COVID. I think at the first stop. Okay. Yeah. Coin. I'm looking here. It's funny how fast we forget. Yeah, sixty thousand. That was in in October of 2021. So. Yes. That was that was the, the double top that you're talking about. Yeah, and I think yes. Early, it started 2022 at 38,000 or so, and it went up to 47,000 in March. Yeah, yeah. I mean, double top. It depends how it depends on your perspective, but uh, uh, still, That's, yeah. So that turned out to be the high for the year in March, and then. Mm -hmm. It went down, of course, as low as like whatever it was in the 14,000s, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, very interesting. Okay. So that was your trade for last year. Now you're talking, you, you talk about some of these, these macro inputs that you have yield curve mm -hmm. version and how these are all pointing to recession. Tell, tell me, talk to me about that. What are these macro inputs, um, that you have right now? So basically, um, I have this, uh, business cycle theory, you know, which starts with the expansion and after that peak and after that tightening and after that uh, phase, which actually uh, shows that we will have the, the financial markets bottom. So basically everything wiped out. The, the businesses mm -hmm. which could which were not sustainable, they were wiped out. And uh, to be honest, uh, if, if, if you like 
think and look at the financial markets, you actually start to notice that at that time when everything bottomed, that time actually uh, productivity and technology somehow starts to grow. It, it's right. it, it somehow it's like a renew. It's just renew the economy renew itself. Like it's like a, it comes into equilibrium. It kills the the participants who are not should not get money like liquidity mm. for their ideas basically. Mm-hmm. And when uh, this time the economy became really expansionary due to the COVID. As everyone knows, so it uh, it, it had a fiscal stimulus, monetary stimulus. So, uh, in my opinion, now everybody became addicted to this liquidity, and it still needs time uh, to 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 resolve this problem. Mm-hmm. And currently, if you look at the wage growth, the, the labor market, actually the wage is still growing. And in order to have lower inflation, unemployment has to rise. In my opinion, mm-hmm. unemployment is a crucial point pushing down inflation, and until it doesn't, it doesn't uh, increases, then, in my opinion, uh, Fed has a really tough job to mm-hmm. to push down. Mm-hmm. And if if you look at the yield curve, yield curve invasion, uh, inversion, yes. So you have the 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 two years and the and the ten year uh, pair. Uh, those are inverted and historically it says like 100% probability and above that we have the 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 smaller yield curves as well which uh i don't remember exactly but i think it's the two year and uh, three months of uh, yield curve inversion which is a smaller one that's actually historically has a good uh, recession comes or not and okay. beside that the economic lead, leading indicators as well so in my opinion now, at this point, the probability it's higher, uh, it shows uh, higher for recession than uh, to soft landing. But it's personal, like no one knows the future. <laughs> oh, well, you don't? Well, why are you on the podcast then? Come on. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, that's fair. Sick of me yet? Become a premium subscriber and avoid all ads or interruptions. Other benefits as well. Visit Contrarian dot supercast dot tech for more information now the question that i would have and like you said it is all about fed and as if unemployment is still low and inflation is so high and we saw last week the pc yeah. deflator came in much higher than anticipated so inflation is pressure is real so the fed can't cut rates i think that, that was all part of the equation we knew but if you're saying that there's going to be a recession shouldn't that reduce the pressure on the Fed and then allow the Fed to cut rates if we have if we do have a recession sooner rather than later? Yeah, uh, that's um, that really depends. I mean, I, I, I got I get your point. Uh, according to my observation, if they are going to cut rates, then it's going to result in higher inflation, which is not going not good for of long course. term. So so it depends what what they will how they will look at it. Like do they want to save the economy or do they want to push down inflation and if i'm looking uh, geo geopolitical reasons as well it depends because as you know like china it's opening up and in my opinion that's going to uh export inflation to west and us and everybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in in the short term in the long term it's good for everybody but in the short term looking at the china has qe 
and it has uh, the monetary tools to to do this uh, expansionary uh, to to expand its economy, then it will have consequences on the world. So, in in my opinion, it's really complicated. And knowing about the war uh, between Russia and Ukraine, what's what will that do? Like what's mm-hmm. going to happen there? So in my opinion, VIX priced really low uh, looking at this uh, uncertainty. Like, mm. I, I, to, to be honest, uh, I do not get it um, um, why um, people are so certain that financial markets are going to perform well in the mm. future. Yeah. Like they, they actually think that soft landing is possible. Mm. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And many have been on this podcast. And I have good points, but so do you. And so as a result of your views here, now you are in 100% cash. Yes. And what, what, would you, what would it take for you to change that? I haven't talked about like in detail, what am I looking at? Like mm. we, I introduced you about the correlation um, mm. strategy. I mean, it's not even a strategy, it's like a method, what I use first to filter what I'm, what's going on. And after that, I'm looking into the liquidations like the probable liquidation which can happen meaning that you can uh, get data uh, looking at uh, uh, i don't know uh, the future uh, and the futures markets on, on an altcoin uh, pair which is usdt and uh, scale or, or something like that and this is related to covid uh, so, so you can look it up that um, at what level it will initiate liquidations and when the liquidation is initiated, then it's going to push up or down the price, depending on uh, where it's located, the liquidation level. And okay. what I'm meaning that um, you have, um, for example, you have, I don't know, Bitcoin, and it is uh, 20,000 today. And you can see that uh, there are, I don't know, 10,000 a futures open contract, it's positioned on 15,000 level. So those are long. And if it goes below that, then it's going to be liquidated. Or on the opposite side, if it's 25,000 uh, uh, Bitcoin price, 25,000 and um, sorry, uh, on the 25,000 level, uh, there are 15,000 short positions then um, it's going to initiate liquidation as well if they push up the Bitcoin price. Meaning that if they push up the Bitcoin price, then the price of Bitcoin will increase uh, much rapidly. Okay, because of the way that these options traders have positioned. And um, yeah, I mean, futures. Futures, futures. About okay. It, yes. Yeah, right, futures. And you're saying that these altcoins also have futures prices? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they, okay, they, so I didn't know that. Yeah, they use actually perpetual uh, futures. So that's uh, I see. interesting. Okay, so um, he, here's somebody who's, I'm a novice in the whole, or complete, yeah. in the whole Bitcoin crypto world. So there's a way that you can see here what the futures are pricing and, and I guess what the bets are. Yes, and th- that's another thing that like, uh, you can, addition to these liquidations, uh, what you can look uh, look up. Uh, you can take a look at the order flow, meaning that you yeah. can take a look at the, the limit orders on uh, on the market. Let's say uh, you have uh, 10,000 limit orders on uh, 25,000 Bitcoin, so they want to sell the Bitcoin for 25,000. And uh, 
So that will get absorbed. So meaning that uh, microstructure wise, uh, you can somehow uh, see how uh, this, uh, how the momentum is going to play out. Mm -hmm. And as I told you, uh, I'm trying, I, I'm, I tend to position it uh, towards uh, long term, meaning that even though like short term, it pushes up like another 20, 30 percent. Yeah, it's like it, it hurts. And I would think uh, twice that, okay, sh should I uh, close my position or should I let it open? But um, depending on these uh, parameters, uh, I decide what I'm going okay. to do. Interesting. Okay. So, and right now these parameters are not giving you any clear direction one way or the other. No, to, to, to be honest now, I'm, I'm, I'm clueless uh, what to do. And sometimes it's better to do nothing uh, than losing money. <laughs> correct, correct. What kind of levels would you need to see here to, to, until you're comfortable taking a, taking a position? Well, I think shorting narratives like crypto narratives, which uh, basically shorting these uh, narratives on altcoins, I think that's a pretty good strategy. If I believe we will have a recession and yeah. the Fed won't cut rates, because if not, then it's going to hurt. Yeah. But um, yes, uh, I have other ideas, but it 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 will it will specifically um, focus on the option markets because there it has these levels as well. What I'm talking about, however. Uh, options market introduces uh, um, other levels, for example, delta level or right. or gamma level, which uh, has a similar dynamic like liquidations. What I told mm -hmm. you, I I, I haven't uh, really explored that that method yet. Uh, I actually have wrote my master thesis about that, but I still need more time to to explore. However, okay. uh, this narrative uh, plays currently work yeah work well and so these altcoins that you mentioned what are they called basically it it it, it doesn't matter it shouldn't be bitcoin or or ethereum because these are too big and um it should be small it, it should have smaller market caps meaning that i think uh if you look it up on 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 coin gecko or 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 what's the other site where you can look at uh these coins i don't know i'm clueless Co coin, coin market desk. cap yeah, coin market cap, okay. I think. Then uh, these coins position it between 100 and uh, 200 market cap. Okay, so, so the smallest... These are, yeah, I mean, not smallest because there are smaller ones. I, I would see yeah. like middle cap. Yeah, not like... Okay, so mid cap altcoins, sure. Yeah. Okay, but you, but you don't yeah. have any positions right now. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. Interesting. All right, this is all very interesting. Mark Samersky, I want to come back and ask you some more about this, about your views on markets, and more importantly, about your background. You touched on it, your master's thesis. That will be the uh, what we kick off the second half of the show with. But let's first take a short break and come right back. If you are a premium subscriber, you will not get the break, so don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. In fact, we already are. And for everybody else, to become a premium subscriber, visit the website contrarianpod.substack.com. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Contrarian Investor Podcast, where we give voice to those who challenge a prevailing narrative in global financial markets. Consider becoming a premium subscriber. 
For $9 a month or less, premium subscribers receive a number of benefits. Podcasts are posted immediately after they're recorded. Transcripts are made available within 24 hours. Premium subscribers get direct access to the host and access to private channels on our Discord server. They also get generous discounts to our virtual conferences and other services. And of course, there are no ads or interruptions. Visit contrarian.supercast.tech for more information. That's contrarian.supercast.tech. By the way, you don't need the .tech suffix to get to that website. .com will do the trick. And we also have a Substack that you can where you can sign up for the same prices, same benefits, same details, contrarianpod.substack.com. So if you already have a Substack account and use it or have the app and use that, that's probably the best way to go. So contrarian.supercast.com or contrarianpod.substack.com. Whole bunch of benefits, including, of course, getting this episode up to a week early without ads or annoying announcements. And you also get the Daily Contrarian briefing and podcast that is released every market day morning at 7 a.m. This is a contrarian take on the events of the day ahead and what is likely to move markets, such as economic data releases, earnings, and other things. It is really good, and that is completely unbiased, of course. So check that out, contrarianpod.substack.com or contrarian.supercast.tech. Now on with the show. Okay, Mark Samersky here. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is the Mark. This is the segment of the show where we ask our guests to tell us a little bit more about themselves and what they've been doing in their life and professionally, especially to get them to this point. And yeah, so what are you doing other than uh, trading? And it's, it sounds like you're still in school there in in, in Denmark. Uh, but yeah, tell me. Um, yes. So basically, I have uh, like a long history. How did I end up in Denmark? But yeah. uh, I, I always start like, how did I get interested in uh, economics and finance? Yeah. So basically, I was around 18 and 19, and um, my family wanted to push me into become an engineer. Uh, okay. But instead of that, I was really interested in history and economics. So it was not really um, a clear path for me. And uh, somehow I, I, I ended up in Denmark, uh, where I started uh, sales and marketing. And I noticed that, well, I think uh, pursuing finance uh, would be much better for me, knowing that I, I liked uh, math. And um, in Denmark, uh, this education locked uh, math. So I started accounting and finance, and there uh, I majored uh, finance, and I finished uh, accounting and finance masters. And um, during my education, I started to look at option trading and um, uh, and futures trading, and I just wanted to try myself out because you know theory and practice it's uh, two other thing, and uh, it's really really different. Uh, but. As, as everybody knows, uh, in 2020, when oil went negative, <laughs> it's mm. one really good example why it's better to start uh, uh, practically 
to do something with yourself. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah interesting. Very cool. All right. So let's walk about. So you had 380% returns last year, 380. And this was all off of the Bitcoin short? Um, to be honest, I, I, I made some, uh, I, uh, beside that, I, I speculated on uh, oil price, meaning uh-huh. that uh, I'm not specifically uh, speculating on, on, on stocks, but I would uh, speci- uh, specifically speculate on indexes like, okay. or, or, or big commodities. Okay. So it was basically future, it sounds like index futures or in just indexes. Yes, indexes. ETFs or whatever. ETFs, yes, yes, yes. So what led you to, so you were long oil last year? Basically, it was the time when uh, uh, Russia attacked ah, yeah, sure. Ukraine. So it, 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 was a, it was an external shock, shock to oil. Mm-hmm. So it started to go increase and I just uh, went on the train. Um, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't get the trade uh, from the bottom part, but I think uh, the... The war was another external shock, which led to uh, this inflationary period, what we face mm-hmm. now as well. Yep, yeah, yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah. In fact, the war actually uh, delayed the Fed's rate hike, their first rate hike. I believe they even said so. They were ready to hike in February, and then they didn't until a month later. Yes, um, it's it's the same way how uh, they they had the 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 COVID cut because they already started to raise. Uh, rates, but they had to cut. Correct. So basically, that's another reason. Uh, I, I think uh, the recession has a high probability because they already started to cut. Uh, they already started to raise because they mm-hmm. knew that something is off with the system. And I think that time something was off with the repo market, which uh-huh. was uh, another indicator of uh, so we have some mistakes, errors in the system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're going back to 2019 now when they were when they were raising rates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. And so now, so you so what kind of instruments do you do you, are you looking to trade now? Is this would it still be indexes and bitcoins and altcoins? Um, my honest opinion is that uh, 99% of the uh, cryptocurrencies are useless. Mm-hmm. So it has a lot of. What's the one uh, percent that aren't? <laughs> <laughs> Or are you just saying, was it just a matter of a figure of speech? Yeah, I mean, for the figure of speech, uh, my, my honest opinion, I, I, I do not really believe in Bitcoin either and neither in mm-hmm. uh, Ethereum and DeFi and these other uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. But I could see the ratio, the, the, the rationalism behind Bitcoin and Ethereum. I could mm-hmm. see, but I'm not like uh, a really huge believer. Okay. So for the other ones, just from a fundamental basis, you're... you're yeah. Mm-hmm. But okay, so what would let you? What's what's stopping you from shorting them then? Um, so the thing is with humans, humans are drawn to narratives, mm. and that's always have been, and this won't change in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So until you have this herd effect, then uh, who knows? Like it, it could generate such a huge momentums at times, then that uh, on the long term, I wouldn't really short Bitcoin. So meaning that long term, I wouldn't get into a position that I'm like, okay, Bitcoin is going to go to zero. I think Bitcoin won't go to zero. 
and uh, most certainly I think it will have a really rough, rough time, but it could uh, go up uh, actually quite high, knowing right. that narratives are uh, actually uh, can drive people. And right. it cre- can and it can create huge momentums and creating that narrative that uh, we have these uh, uh, Fed created business cycles or or whatever that we inflate all of our fiat currencies like it can draw many people uh, behind Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, I see. So that can keep it from collapsing, I guess. Uh, in the short yes. term, <laughs> but ultimately, I mean, when you have a recession, especially if it's a deflationary recession then people are going to need to liquidate assets and you figure something as speculative as cryptos yeah would fall victim to that one would think right yes 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 of course like i think it's going to hurt really really bad uh, mm-hmm. badly bitcoin like it it won't go to zero but <laughs> it will be mm-hmm. closer to it mm-hmm. yes um, interesting. Uh, it's interesting that you said uh, a lot of things you're talking about here. It sounds almost like economically you might be expecting stagflation, which is you know low economic growth with inflation, like we had in the '70s here in the U.S. at least. Um, is uh, that fair, or you think not? I think I elaborated uh, on on the beginning of the the liquidity and how I think economic growth it's actually performs. So meaning that when we hit the rock bottom. There should actually innovation and yeah. the technology should uh, r- rise, in my right. opinion. But um, it could happen that we are going to have this stockflation, like uh-huh. uh, two or three years. But like it really depends. Like, um, yeah, it. I, in my opinion, it, it depends on the words together what how it's going to play out like the geopolitical issues yeah, sure. the trading network what's going to be established with whom and uh, there are many other external factors uh, to decide that if it's this we will have uh, this uh, stagflationary period or not right and us i think that's uh, definitely it's it's a it's a huge country which has a huge balance in terms of trade trade balance so mm-hmm. it's hard to describe that we will have uh, stagflation but i think it, it it is probable that we will have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you know when you say that there's a technical and technological innovation at the bottom how do you know when we've reached bottom <laughs> good question yeah uh, to be honest i haven't really talked it through yet okay. so I think I cannot answer for this question at this moment Fair right enough. now. That's 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 an honest, more of an honest answer than many people give. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. So, but but not a not an environment to take risks. What do you think of? Have you thought at all about bonds? There's some talk now about people taking buying short duration bonds because you get the coupon. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think it's a valid strategy right now mm-hmm. to you it to do it with these short maturities. And mm-hmm. I think it could work out. However, uh, someone uh, should be, some should be aware that uh, bond prices, uh, like bond prices, still can decrease. Mm. Yeah. So if, if if they make this play, then they ha- they have to uh, be aware that, uh, in my opinion, it hasn't uh, bottomed yet. 
All right, Mark Samirsky, thank you so much for joining the Contrarian Investor Podcast today. So in closing, can you maybe tell our listeners how they can find out more, more information about you? So uh, basically, I just created a Twitter account for myself because I haven't oh, had cool. what I was using, and it's uh, M. Samersky. So basically, okay. uh, not Mark, it's M. Samersky. Yes. Got it. And uh, I haven't really uh, uh, published anything yet, but I will work on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But at M. Samersky, I'll look yes. for you on there. And the Covey link, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put that out there as well. Uh, I believe people can access that. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mark, for coming on. Very interesting conversation. It was great having you. Thank you all for listening. And with that, we look forward to speaking to you again next time. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Contrarian Investor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To subscribe to this podcast, simply open your favorite podcast software and search for Contrarian Investor. Follow us on social media by searching for Contrarian Investor on Twitter and Instagram. Send us your thoughts on feedback at contrarianpod.com. We look forward to speaking to you again next time.